Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. Imagine making a difference. No, imagine being the difference. The difference between I can't and I can or I won't and I will. The reason someone chooses to wake up and strive for greatness. In life, it can feel like everything is working against you. Let's defy all odds and break generational curses. This is Overstepping Poverty with Daquan and Zacchaeus. Welcome back to Overstepping Poverty. The podcast that provides you with tips, tricks, and hacks in over seven poverty. My name is Daquan Brooks, and I'm here with my co-host Zacchaeus Shaw. How you doing, Zacchaeus? I'm doing good today, man. It's a beautiful day outside. Mm-hmm. Got everything ready at the house this weekend uh, for baby number two's arrival. Let's go. Yeah, Jenna said we're about 85% done. I think we're at a hundred. Yeah. You know what I'm <laughs> but there's always more that could be done. How are you doing? I'm doing well. But before I get into how I'm doing here, I do just have a question. You know, obviously I announced that um, we're expecting, you know, so I'm, I'm super excited about that. But I want to know you're about 85% to 100% done here. Mm-hmm. How's that feeling? Like what, it, like, what does it feel like when you get there? Just like with having the baby so close or? I mean, just, just getting mentally, mentally, physically, like. Yeah. How, how does one prepare? And I know everyone well, says you don't prepare, but this is your second child, so yeah. I'm sure. So with us, it's a little easier this time just because we had a boy. So mm-hmm. most everything that we have, we are able to use again. Um, so that definitely helps. Honestly, with the baby coming, I felt the same way with Zaire. I don't really get like nervous about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We planned it. So yeah. it's like, it's supposed to be, I, I feel like he's a blessing. It just... I, it's more like waiting. Like I hate waiting on things. Yeah. yeah. And get like a little I said, anxious. I get a little anxious about it. And it's just like, I don't know. Like you don't want him to get here too fast. Yeah. Right. But right. you want him to get here. And I feel like, you know, for me, I plan to take like a whole month off mm-hmm. just to be with the family. Cause with Zaire, I didn't get to really take any time off when I was selling life insurance. So yeah, I, I don't think you're ever, ever a hundred percent ready yeah. for it. But I'm just excited. Good. I'm excited for it. Jenna's excited. Zaire's excited. Yep. Um, so we're all excited. Well, that's a blessing, man. That's a that's a huge blessing. But are you excited for yours, or how are you feeling about it? Honestly, I've I've been asked this multiple times, and I think I've just such mixed emotions, and no bad emotions about it or anything like that. It's just more of. I want to make sure that I'm the best father that I can be, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, how do you prepare for something like that? Because in any given situation, it's things that you have never endured in life because I've never had a kid. I've never raised a child. Right. You know, and so like the more that I think about it and the more that I try and prepare myself, I'm like, well, you can't prepare. You just have to be ready. And I'm, sure. I'm, I'm definitely ready, you know. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I, I'm very excited about it. I'm definitely blessed. Uh, man, like you said, I, I can't come. Cl- I can't come soon enough. But also, like you said, I mean, you just got to wait. You want to make sure they're healthy, and everyone keeps asking, boy or girl, <laughs> and I'm and I, I give the same answer, you know, as as everyone answers, you know, as long as they're healthy. But then I'm like, for the first few weeks, I'd say I was like, 
I want a, I want a girl, but now I'm like, I want a boy. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> right. I mean, at the end of the day, if it pops out with twins that we didn't know about, that'd be awesome too. That would so, be crazy. but yeah, so I'm, I'm blessed, man. I'm, yeah. this is, it's been a long time coming. You know, mm-hmm. I, I've shared with you the struggles that we went through as far as getting pregnant and whatnot. So, yeah. uh, this is the longest that we've been and, and we're very confident and very, like I said, I keep saying it, but blessed to, to continue this journey and come April, I, I can't wait. So yeah, you'll have a little one running around. Yes. Which would be awesome, yes. Man. Whole new life. Better hope that they're not in the same sports. Cause you already know. Boy, <laughs> I already got Zaire running wrong. Right. <laughs> he has a mummy outside. I had him knocking hands down. And oh my goodness. Yeah, so he needs all the help. He does, just like you. Nah. But, uh, <laughs> all right. Well, let's, let's get, get in, in the podcast. Let's get into this. We have an amazing person coming on the podcast today. Somebody that I admire for what they do and how they do it. Um, she comes to us. She's from Sioux Falls. She's a realtor in Sioux Falls, and she's helping a ton of people, you know, realize uh, their dreams of owning a home. And today we have the great Andrea Morales. Oh Let's go. Welcome. Welcome. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. I have to ask you. Okay. Cause we talked a little bit about this before we got on the mic and I've, I've talked to Daquan about you before. I think you're awesome. I think the way you care about your clients is awesome. I think you go above and beyond for your clients and I think it really shows how much you care. Mm-hmm. And those are the type of people that we want on on the podcast, people mm-hmm. that are doing awesome at what they're doing, putting other people before themselves and helping people grow. So it was easy for us to decide, like, yeah, we want you on the podcast. But before we get into everything, what made you like accept the invite to be on the podcast? I think number one is like I wanted to give like a light to my community because, you know, like there is like. Ah, it's not a taboo. What is it? Sorry, guys. Like my Spanish is my first language. No, you're, so it no, comes you're to good. Me. But sometimes, you know, there's just like, oh, what is that word called? Where like people stereo. Like a stereotype? Like the yep. stereo, you know, they have like the stereotype of like what Mexicans are or mm-hmm. what like minorities okay. are in sure. general, you know? Mm-hmm. So like my big thing is like to come and advocate for like number one. We're also human, mm-hmm. you know, we also have needs. Yeah. And number two, I want to be in that, like that person in the community where as soon as you need anything, like you think of my name. Mm. So like what I always tell people, because like, they're so quick to like glorify, like, oh my gosh, Andrea, thank you. You make it. I'm like, guys, I'm not the source. I am the resource. Like, mm-hmm. don't ever think that like, it's me, me because it's not like right. I put in my work, you put in your work, we skin the cat, we get it done. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think it's important to kind of like shine a light on like us as a community and mm-hmm. minorities and everything so that, you know, we can kind of get some positive feedback our way as well. I Absolutely. love that. Our first time we ever met, do you remember? I ran you down. She ran me down. <laughs> I'm leaving a soup cook off or something like that with yeah. the realtors here in Sioux Falls. And I usually never go to like many of those events, but I'm leaving and somebody's running after me like, Hey, Hey, Hey. And she starts speaking Spanish to me <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I don't speak Spanish. Um, but what she was needing was a lender that was able to help her Spanish speaking clients. And instantly I thought of somebody in our office and and to connect them and whatnot. But when I was working in life insurance, I go back to this because when I was in life insurance, 
I remember being the only person of color that worked there. Right. And my thought was there's a lot of people in Sioux Falls that nobody's serving. Nobody's helping them. Nobody is a resource for them, at least in the setting that I was in to help them get life insurance. Right. When you came up to me and you wanted to talk about doing business and sending referrals to me and stuff like that, I had a real hard time because I was like, I would love to help your clients, but I don't feel like I'm the person to do that because I can't communicate with them the way that they need. And, you know, I really appreciated you. She's willing to do when I tell you she goes above and beyond. She's willing to come in and sit with her clients in the meetings. And there's a lot of realtors and a lot of people that just won't do that. A lot of times it's not worth their time. But those same people, you just help close on a house. I did. Which is amazing, which is amazing. So congratulations to you. That's definitely some stuff that we'll get into, you know, with helping Spanish speaking people and people that don't speak English at Mm -hmm. all and why it's important. So with that, can you, we'll back up. Okay. We want to get to know you from the beginning, right? Where do you come from? How was it growing up? Like, what was the dynamic within your family and what kind of got you to this point we're at today? Yes, the journey. So I actually grew up in a pretty picture perfect like family. So, you know, I had like mom and dad and then I had three siblings. I am the Mm. oldest. So there was a lot of like second mom kind of take care of everybody else. Mm -hmm. So I would say that that just kind of comes to me as like second nature. Sure. Um, And I'm just so used to putting others before myself. But I've never really seen it as like a negative trait because there's so much beauty in it. Right, absolutely. So growing up, I went like to your typical, regular elementary school, middle school. There was a ton of minorities. I literally went to Axtell Park. Okay. Like the best. Like right. people can say what they want. But it was the coolest experience because Number one, I got to feel at home because I had my American friends, but then I also had my Mexican friends where I could like share more of like the culture and everything. Mm -hmm. And so growing up, we always would spend like the school year here and then summer came and my mom shipped us to Mexico. Mm. Best thing ever because we got to like live both lives. And then when I got to high school, I started hanging around with the wrong crowd Mm. and I actually got kicked out of high school. So I had to go over to Harrisburg High School. Okay. And I would say that that was like a eye opener because I went from like my group of friends, like we would, Hispanics, we love to dance and everything, you know, it's in our blood. Mm -hmm. And so we would dance like in the parking lot, we would dance in the lunchroom, you know, just kind of (laughs) like do our vibe. Like we didn't really care, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. So then you're going from like all of your friends being like different minorities and stuff like that and maybe three to five, you know, that are white Mm -hmm. to going to Harrisburg when you're one of only two Hispanics and you're kind of like culture shock. Yeah. And I feel like I'm like in a fishbowl, you know, because like everyone's looking at you and like it's it's so different, like Mm -hmm. in terms of friends, in terms of the way that people view you. So when I initially went over to Harrisburg, um, my dad had actually just started his company. He didn't even finish middle school, but he came here with a dream Mm -hmm. and he worked hard for it. And after about, I want to say 15 years, he finally got it. And I was so proud of him. Mm -hmm. We 
this is how I knew that this was going to be like a culture shock for me. So when we were building our house, we had bought in a lot and we did a lot of the work because it was cheaper that way. Mm -hmm. And so my dad would literally pick us up from school and take us to the house to work. Mm. Well, I always remember one night we were all there in the basement and we went home and there was this car that was following us. And we were like, okay, what the heck? Like, whatever. So we show up to our old house and my dad comes out and like the sirens go on and it was an undercover cop. And we're like, what's going on? Mm. And my dad's like, just stay in the car. So I'm like, okay. So then I see my dad and everything. And my mom comes outside because she's like, what's going on? Then they finally leave and everything after half an hour. We'll come to find out they thought that we were in the house stealing, mm. like stealing tools, property, everything like that. And my mm. dad was like, that's my house. You know, right. like, I can't believe that you wouldn't even come up to me and ask me before you just assume that it was me. Right. Mm -hmm. So when that happened, it was kind of like, goodness like how old were you at that time 14 okay so that was like a major shock because it's like i have never been viewed that way you right. know and i had never thought so like okay normally and i think that you both can testify to this and everything and my mom would always say it because we grew up in a community that maybe it wasn't like the best i guess people sure. could say but it was so much fun like it's more fun that i have like living in the nice community <laughs> you know right. yeah like we we would get down like we would play For football sure. everything mm -hmm. so then like coming over to this it's kind of like oh my goodness like am i gonna make friends you know mm -hmm. and it was so hard i think that at that high school i made probably three friends and that was sophomore year to senior year wow so that was like challenging you know and like you don't mm -hmm. have like you can't bring out that part of yourself you know that like it's you right. but you feel like you have to suppress it mm -hmm. and you're like this isn't me like i don't i don't feel comfortable so then once i got out of that i started hanging oh well let me back up there so once i got out of that i applied to college and everything and i went online for three years i was okay. going to the university center yeah and then about a year before, I did drop out because I was having complications with my daughter, you mm -hmm. know, and that was also like... And you were pregnant at this time, I was. correct? Okay. Yep. So I was about four months pregnant and it was frowned upon, you know, because like, number one, you don't hear a lot of like Hispanics even like being able to afford to send their children to college, you know, mm. and then my parents having the opportunity where like we could come up with like a split, split situation and then you drop out and it doesn't matter what you drop out for. Everyone's like, of course, it's just another drop out, you know, right. mm -hmm. and it's kind of like, you don't know me. Mm -hmm. You don't know my story. Don't speak for me. Right. So then that happened. I had my beautiful little baby. What's her name? Aria. Aria, Aria. Grace. I love it. Yep. And I love everything about being a mom. So that's like, amazing. Guys, yeah. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> it's a roller coaster. It is, right? <laughs> but um, after that. I don't know, like I just did my thing, you know, I worked, everything like that. I kind of, I did a year at Nielsen Construction. So okay. I was like selling their homes over there. I also worked at Transource, which is like a trucking company. Okay. So like I've always done like admin work. Sure. So that's kind of like what I'm good at behind a computer. And I'm just a girl who's like, go, go, go. Mm -hmm. So like I get it done. <laughs> After that, I actually met my partner, which is my spouse now. And if... Like this high school situation was a culture shock. That was an even bigger culture shock. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people, something that a lot of people don't know about me, especially like coming into real estate and like 
working in this relationship is that my spouse is actually a female. Mm-hmm. So I am married to a woman. And that was, wow. Like, that right. was the biggest slap in the face for my parents mm. and my culture in general. You know, like, that's a big no-no. Mm-hmm. So when we went ahead and got together, you have to remember that my daughter's father is the son of a pastor. Okay. You know, so that mm-hmm. was an even bigger deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I went through plenty of hard times, like my parents trying to take my daughter from me, him trying to take my daughter from me, his parents trying to take my daughter from me, basically living in court for three years, um, moving to Kansas for a year to like get her away from the whole situation because it came almost to the point where they would do anything. Like they would just show up to the house and like try to grab her if she Mm. was on the porch and just dip because they were like, no, like you don't understand, like you're rotting her brain and like, Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So there came a point where we were like, look, I, this is not healthy for anyone. Like this is ridiculous. So we did um, go to Kansas city. Then what finally happened is my parents and him teamed up again, took us to court and they got her. So I sold everything there. I came running back. Cause I was like, that's my baby. I'm not losing her. Right. You know? And it was difficult. Like I, we went to court and we had a judge like literally ask us, do you go to church like on Sundays? And we're like, well, you know, we go on special occasions and stuff like that. Like, what does that really matter? You know, that's a protected class. And she would be like, oh, well, you know, she's probably not getting like what she needs to learn. And like, if there's certain cultures, like it's just better for her to be with like mom and dad and to have like something that's like a little more picture perfect and normal for her. So that was crazy. Right. You know, because it's like, are you kidding me? Like you didn't even view me as a person. You saw this and Mm -hmm. you made your decision. Right. And that's crazy, you know, because I am the kind of person who I wouldn't say like I always see the good in people, but I like to bring out the good in people. Mm. Like I don't care if you're good, bad, left, right. Like Mm. we all have our own background. We all have our stories, everything, you Mm -hmm. know? So it was so different to like have to go through that. So when I came back to Sioux Falls and I was like, look, I'm going to do whatever I need to do to get my daughter back. Like, I do not care. Coincidentally, at that time, my sister had bought in her house and she used a Hispanic realtor here in Sioux Falls. It was a couple years ago. And I always remember because she told me, like, you should try it. You should do the thing because her transaction went horrible. Mm -hmm. Um, This is around the time 2021, you know, people were paying way over for houses yeah. we're talking right. 20 25 no inspection like whatever you want so that i can get the house mm-hmm. so she did that a couple months later we had those wind storms yeah. all the siding to the house oh no gone. so then they had to fix that situation and everything and she had told me like gosh like my relationship with my realtor just was not it wow and she was like you should try it and i'm like me like (laughs) this girl right here Mm -hmm. and she's like yeah you should try it so i'm like hmm okay i gave it a go the first time i didn't pass my test Mm -hmm. so i was like you know what it's not it's not for me or it's not my moment or something so i'm just gonna kind of leave it and i let life flow just got a full-time job and i just started doing whatever i needed to do to pay the bills keep it going and i did Mm -hmm. but then there came a time again where my wife sat me down and she was like yeah, it's great. We're both working and everything. 
but we're not going to get to where we want to get like this. It doesn't matter how much we save. It doesn't matter how much we don't go out because there was times in those years where like we didn't have money to put food on the table. Like mm-hmm. we would go to my in-laws house and she would be like, just like, if I get to see you guys and know that you guys ate today, like I'm more than happy. You come over as much as you want. And we probably did for three months. Mm-hmm. My parents had no idea, like, cause we didn't talk for those three years, you yeah. know? So like that was very different. Mm-hmm. So now like coming to do this, things kind of started to like go sideways again. And I'm like, okay, this is my moment. moment. It's gotta be now because right. there is no later. So I went ahead and I tried it again. I did the classes with Colby and I passed. Okay. I was like, oh my gosh, crazy. (laughs) Like I didn't, you know, and I was like, okay, I passed now what? You know, and I kind of sat there like, who do I want to be? You know, like what message do I want to bring to the table? Like, because it was so common to like, oh, well, these realtors, they're a certain kind of person. Mm -hmm. They're, they portray this like, elegance and like classy and like I got it together and so I wanted that you know but at the same time I was like but I don't really resonate with that like that's not really me so I started doing like the marketing left and right the door knocking the cold calling eight hours a day like I was hungry I was gonna do whatever I needed to do to get my daughter back And so when all of that happened, things kind of started to fall into place. So before I did a couple deals deals here, my first three deals were actually referral deals, but they were cold calling referral deals. Mm. So I would like hand those out and everything. And then I was like, this isn't working. Like I'm doing all the work that I need to do, but it's not getting anywhere. Mm -hmm. So then I sat down and I kind of talked with myself and with my therapist. um, And I was like, Everybody needs a therapist. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and Amen. I was like, okay, who am I? Like, I have no idea who I am. Like, what do I right. want to do? Like, how do I stand out? And that was my biggest thing is like, how do I stand out in a city where everybody knows a realtor? Right. You know, if I'm going to book, if I'm going to list with someone, I already got someone. I know three people. Mm-hmm. So you're like, okay, what can I do to stand out? And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go for my community. Absolutely. Because growing up, I watch podcasts. I love podcasts. One of my favorite ones is On Purpose with Jay Shetty. That's an awesome one. Love that one. And he did a couple episodes a couple weeks ago with Becky G. And I don't know if you guys know who she is. She's like a Latin singer. Mm, Okay. She started out doing like singing in the shower. You know? (laughs) Yeah. So she did that song and she just came out with this new album and it's completely in Spanish. And so she made this one point that I, like, it touched my soul so dearly. She talked about how growing up, it was like, or one or the other. Because being Mexican-American, when you're hanging out with Mexicans, they're like, you're American. And then when you're over here hanging out with Americans, they're like, you're Mexican, dude. Like, right. So it's like, where do I belong? Like, where do I fit in, you know? Right. And the album title that she put is called Esquinas, which is a corner. Like, the corner of the street. Yeah. And so it's where two, like they intersect, you know, and she talks about mm-hmm. how like them coming together beautifully and her getting the 200% experience. Mm. And so when I started thinking about that, I'm like, I get the 200% experience. Mm-hmm. Like right. I can choose if I want to give that out to other people, you know? And then I was like, I'm going to, because I knew that it was, you know, an unserved community. Mm-hmm. I knew that nobody else was going to do it. 
I knew that I would be pretty dang good at it because of like my drive. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I wanted to like have these goals so that I could ideally give my family the life that we wanted, you know, and be ourselves. Right. So in that, I just kind of started to like explore and play with it. And now here we are 13 days later. Wow. Let's go. Good for you. There's so much to get into and and unpack with that Um, because it is often that when people are trying to do what they want to do for themselves, the first people that typically look at you different or say you've changed or anything like that is the people that have always been the closest to you, Mm -hmm. which is not the easiest thing at all. And then to have to deal with that for years on top of that, what for you, what did that do to you mentally during those times? It did a lot. Oh my goodness. Roller coaster effect like no other. Yeah. It had its highs. It had definitely a lot of lows. Like, right. oh my goodness, so many lows. But the thing that I would always remember and tell myself is we have a phrase in Spanish that says la vida da vueltas. The mm. world keeps turning, you mm. know, and sometimes you're on top and sometimes you're on bottom mm-hmm. and that's okay. You just got to write it out. You're not going to be there forever. Right. So I would tell myself like Andrea, la vida da vueltas. Like there is going to be a moment where at some point it starts to have to turn, you know? Right. Yep. So I was like, just stick it through. And so what I did when I initially started and I found out like what I wanted, one of my niches to be like tunnel vision day like, mm. girl you put your head down until it's done mm-hmm. so i did and i chugged and i chugged and i chugged and that's where like the magic started to happen right i was like okay so this is working so i started to help more and more and you know how the referral business goes like it is amazing mm-hmm. but when we come to hispanics like when you get their trust you got it for a lifetime mm-hmm. they're you know that's kind of how it goes right and um I started to use that to my advantage. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, you know what? This is this is awesome because right. I don't have anyone. I'm going to be that person. Mm-hmm. So I started doing that. And a lot of people will kill with kindness to get something, mm-hmm. you right. know? And I'm like, I'm just going to kill with kindness for no reason, just because I want to, just because right. like it comes out of my heart. So I did. Mm-hmm. And yes, this is a business that gives but you also have to give that much more. Right. So I started giving and giving and giving, and it's not like monetary. Right. You know, there's Mm -hmm. like mental, spiritually, emotionally. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to give. And it made me feel so good. Right. And so I did and I did and I did, and things started to like fall into place. And I knew that it was my thing when I always remember my first client, her name is Areli, and now she's one of my best friends, actually. That's awesome. She was pregnant during the time that we were working together. And I remember that when she gave birth, she was like, she texted me and I got a message, and she was like, Andrea, I want you to meet the baby. Mm. I was like, oh, my gosh. Special. <laughs> so yeah. special. I yeah. started crying. Right. I was literally in a cafe in downtown, and I was just like, tears. <laughs> and I knew, like, this is it. This is lifelong. Because if I could make these relationships if I could pour into these people and have them pour back into these meaningful relationships, then I could do it. Right. And seeing their smile on closing day is just the cherry on top. And you know that <laughs> mm-hmm. like, it's like, Oh my goodness, because 
you, you, it comes to a point where you want it so bad for them. You Facts. know, like you see their hustle, you see like their, like the adversity that they've gone through and everything. Mm -hmm. and you're like, no, you know what? We're going to get it done. Right. Do your homework because I'm going to do mine. And I promise you that I will get you to that finish line. Right. And so they started to, you know? Yeah. And so like now when I work with people and everything, and I will tell them because don't think that it's been all like, you know, smiles and rainbows. Right. Yeah. I've had deals that have fallen apart. I have had stuff that goes sideways. You can't always be on top. Right. But you can always become better and you can always learn, readjust, reapply, keep it moving and be better. So we like avoid these mistakes. Right. And so I do like I take my business so kind and dear to my heart and I don't play with it. And I Facts. don't remember if I told you, but one thing that I have gotten a lot is like, Andrea, you're intimidating. Like mm. you kind of make me feel a little, I don't <laughs> know, you know? And I'm like, no. Like, I don't want you to feel that or think that. But here's the thing. I will never hold you to a standard that I don't hold myself to. Right. And so, like, when I'm asking of you or, like, telling you, like, hey, I need help with this or blah, 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 blah. It's only because I'm doing my work. I right. won't come to you and be like, oh, do my work for me. Or mm -hmm. Come in, you know, take this out so it can be easier for me. Right. I like the hustle. I like the hard work. It wakes me up in the morning to, like, mm -hmm. all right, Andrea, what fires are we going to burn? <laughs> like, you know, right. like, water out today. Yep. yep. So I think of all of that and it just, oh, I haven't even looked back. That's Never amazing. Back. You've come a long way and it sounds like you've had your fair share of ups and downs. I know there's going to be lists, you know, our listeners with the story of your daughter and, and losing custody of your daughter and getting custody back. Is that yep. correct? So now we have her, I have her during the weeks and then he has her on the weekends. Amazing. It's like perfect. That's yes. so cool. Well, go for you guys. I'm sure you're. Um, whole family feels better about that? Or what would you say? Is your relationship yeah. with your parents at this point better? So it took about three years. But yeah, my mom and my spouse actually talk now. Uh, they'll have like breakfast or lunch together. Like if we all get together and stuff like that. Yeah. My dad is really trying. And I give him all the kudos in the world. Because that's not easy. And coming from... A Mexican family. So he lives in a rancho. What a rancho is, it's like a farm, maybe like a hundred people. Everybody knows everybody. Like right. they know everybody's business. Is he in Mexico? No, he's actually here. Oh, in South Dakota. Yep. So he'll okay. just go every couple of months for a while. Okay. And then come back. And his plan in a couple of years is to snowbird. Sure. Okay. Which is, you know, pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. And so I give him kudos because... I know that he has, like, a lot on his shoulders of, like, oh, are you really going to accept your daughter who's like that? Like, it goes against everything that we know and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just honored, blessed, and I'm grateful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's all I can be. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. And there, there is just a few things that I just want to rewind a little bit here because you had said something that kind of hit home to me, and that's experiences in America. You know, I've been asked multiple times, like, what kind of experience have you had? And, and I sit and I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like, well, what do you mean? I mean, like, it's been good. I mean, I went through high school, you know, I went back middle school and whatnot. I mean, there was times where I tried to fit in. There was times where I had to stoop lower than what I should have to fit in and whatnot. But the real experience is what they're really wanting to say and just be completely blunt is, have you been discriminated against, you know? as someone looked at you differently because of the color of your skin or your ethnicity or anything like that. And you had mentioned, of course, that 
you guys were working on the house and you guys left and, you know, a cop followed you guys and then you were questioned and whatnot. Now you're 14 years old. I think this is a pivotal age for any young person because you're getting into the teens, um, especially being a lady, you're becoming more lady, you know, um, as a, as a teenager and whatnot, um, probably a little bit more feisty. And I'm only saying this because my niece is like this, like, you know, (laughs) she's, she, she's kind of getting her own personality and she's kind of finding out who she is at that time. But what I want to know is, is in that experience, you know, that's an age that I feel like you, you take every, every bit of that moment with you everywhere you go. You know, can you tell me a little bit more about that experience for you? And that just that mental anguish. And then I, after you share, I'd love to share with you a story as well where I had that experience as well. Well, thank you. And it's yeah. nice to see, you know, that like we all kind of go through and have our things because sometimes it's tough to be a minority here. Mm-hmm. Like, let's Absolutely. let's keep it real, you know. Yeah. And it changes you like it almost mm-hmm. <sighs> makes you feel ugly, you know, because you're mm-hmm. like what's wrong with me? Like, there's nothing wrong with me. Like, why are you treating me like I'm any different, you Mm -hmm. know? And so that was like a, that was huge. And then moving, like when we finished the house and moving into the community, nobody would talk to us. Mm. Their kids would not hang around us. I went to that school, Harrisburg, for three years. I had three friends. Everybody else kind of looked at you like you were, I don't know, like, you know, weird and goofy and, and it wasn't, and at that moment, like, I was suppressing who I was. Like, mm-hmm. I wasn't even expressing who I was, you know? So it's like, right. if you're hating on the me that I already have to suppress, you know, it took me a long time to figure out, like, that's a you problem. That's not a me problem. Right. right. Absolutely. That's true. That's completely true. And and like I said, and I appreciate you sharing that with us, but Zacchaeus was actually with me when I had my, uh, my experience where it, like, changed me mentally, like you said, for the rest of my life period. Like I, it's going to go, it's going to go with me wherever I go, but it was in Vermilion. We were at university of South Dakota. We had, we were out uh, downtown and we had a drink and we got picked up by one of our friends, girlfriends at the time. And she was taking us home and we're in the back of the vehicle. We're three deep in the back. One person in the front, the car's full. She's driving and she takes a right turn. And then all of a sudden the cop lights flip on. And I'm like, Oh gosh, what's going on? But I'm not scared because she's sober, you know? So I'm like, okay, whatever, whatever. We're all 21 here. And the cop comes up to the, to the car and he's like, do you know what? I pulled you over. And she's like, no, I I don't. She's, he's like, okay, well you ran through the red light actually. And, uh, and he shines a light in the front and the back. And he's like, were you operating this vehicle? And I'm, I'm like thinking to myself as he shines a light back to me, I'm like, what do you mean? She's in the driver's seat. You see it's full back here. And we're big guys, you know? Um, And he looks and shines light back here to me. And he's like, he's like, did you guys switch seats or what? I'm like, wait, what? And his partner comes up on the right side here. And I'm like, dude, I was like, he can't be serious right now. And the guy looks up at him, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's just as confused as we are. And I'm like, this is an experience that they talk about in America. And I thought that for so long, that you could hide from that experience, that you can hide from that traumatic, you know, that that discrimination where it's like, are you, you're, you're kidding. And mind you, yes, the, the lady in the front seat, she was white and we were all black in the vehicle. And when the light shined on me, it's like, 
I can't believe I was just put in this situation. You know, it's like, how do I, how do I react? And, mm-hmm. and I've always seen like movies and whatnot. And you see these things like in bigger cities where they react and then it's, it's nothing good for the person that reacted. It's always whoever gets caught in any situation. It's usually the person who reacts, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I'm like sitting there and I'm just befuddled and I'm like, this is the experience. This is something I'm gonna have to take along with the rest of my life. And then bringing a child and, you know, I think of things of like, well, what kind of experiences my son or my daughter going to go through and how do I prepare them for those experiences? But what I do know is it's the lack of education. It's a lack of education for some people to know what other cultures are. That person that saw you, you know, and you and your family, they were, they were not educated into the fact that, yeah, Hey, guess what? I'm sorry, but Americans and, and white people aren't the only people that can afford a house here. You know, there's other people that can live here as well. And, and there's s- black and Hispanic people that are American. Exactly. That are from exactly. here. Exactly. So like- yeah. You know, but yeah, so it's, uh, that's like when you said that it really resonated with me and I'm just like, I was, I was 21 when this happened to me. So mm-hmm. as a 14 year old, I can only imagine the mental anguish that you had to go through for, for quite some time to continue on, you know? So, mm-hmm. you know, kudos to you to, dealing with that mentally and really coming with that full on positive outlook, which it's true. It's not you, it's them. It's them. It's always them. And for those that are listening as well, it's not you, it's them. It's the lack of education. It's the lack of knowing. And that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to educate people. We're trying to make sure that they know that we're all humans. It doesn't matter what you look like, what color your skin is. We're all humans. And we're trying to go back to a community base the phones, they took us away from that. The computers, they took us away from that. Mm-hmm. These things that separated us and kept us in our houses and kept us behind closed doors and not knowing and scared. what. Yeah. And like you're scared of people that, like you said, you like to bring out the good in people, but no one would know that. No one would know that because instead of going and asking and, and meeting you and learning more about you and about your family, they just judge, mm-hmm. you know? So, but yeah, so I apologize for my rant there, but no. it, that really hit home. You know, there. So yeah, don't apologize. I, I think, Amen. yeah, I, I think we give, um, and I agree it is a lack of education, but I think more so it's a lack of accountability, mm. you know, because you're not the first person that that's happened to. Right. And neither are you. And unfortunately we won't be the last people that that happens to. And, you know, going back to that with you talking about that instance in Vermilion, that traffic stop was actually fought and the cop lost and Mm -hmm. we didn't run any stoplights or anything like that. They Mm -hmm. just decided to pull us over, which happens far too much. But I was going to say, you know, I think the word that when you guys, you know, talk about those experiences, I think the right word for that is a paradigm shift. Mm -hmm. And what a paradigm shift is, is when your complete outlook on life completely changes based off the experience that you've been through. And oftentimes these paradigm shifts only happen a couple times in our lifetime. Having a child is a paradigm shift. Moving out on your own is a paradigm shift. You know, you don't experience those things very often, but when you do, you you remember them for the right. rest of your lives. And I think it's important for people out there, you know, like you going to school and not having friends. Excuse my language, but fuck them. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, do you like Mm -hmm. I think the fact that your presence in itself made other people uncomfortable, that's because you got something that they don't. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. right? And I, I truly feel that way. I went to O'Gorman after living in Las Vegas for eight, nine years. I went to O'Gorman for my junior and senior year. And I've always been kind of a chameleon. Like I can fit in anywhere. I just don't say much. I just kind of sit there, observe. But as I got to meet people, I started to hear their first impressions of me. And oftentimes it was like, oh, I was scared of you. And I'd be like, why? One person said, because of the way you walked. And I'm like, you sound racist. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, what? Right? Like, what? Uh, but this is this is literally how people feel. And in that sense, I feel that's a lack of education because a lot of those people have never been put in a situation mm-hmm. to feel uncomfortable or be the minority Mm -hmm. which i think there's a lot of power in you going to harrisburg and being the minority and having to go through that i think there's a lot of power in that because through that you know you learned probably a lot more about yourself i would assume and you become more self-reliant and i'm sure there's a lot of confusion on like why do these people not like me why do they not want to talk to me all of these things but at the end of the day you're just you're in such an uncomfortable position. You don't even understand how much that helps you when you get out into the real world. You understand how it feels to be looked at like that. So you don't, you don't treat people like that. Right. And you're more inclusive and you want to help people and you want to bring happiness to people's lives. So I know it is a struggle because I know there's people going through that right now that are probably listening to this, but like you're saying, it's not going to last forever. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to get through that and you're going to use that as motivation to push through and -hmm. you're still talking about it today and all these hard things that you've gone through and there's more things that we'll go through but you're a testament i think to putting your head down and and wanting to be better Mm -hmm. and and pushing forward so i want to apologize to both you for having to go through those things Mm -hmm. because there's been other instances where i've been with the daquan um and he's been racially discriminated against and oftentimes i'm the one that that says something or is more upset about it in that moment, I feel like, than Daquan, because I'll say something. And I've had conversations like this with a friend of mine who's darker skinned than I am, and I feel even with my skin complexion, I get treated differently than Daquan would because mm-hmm. of his skin complexion, even though I am a minority, right? And so I think that's an awareness that people need to bring that, like, whether you're white or you're the person not getting discriminated against, you need to stand up for your friends. You need to be there to call the BS out and, and hold people accountable because they can't do it in those settings mm-hmm. or they become the, the reactor yep. and then they end up on a shirt somewhere. Through right. Right. So right. be that advocate, stand up for people, whether you're friends with them or not. If you see something wrong happening, you know, have the courage to either say something or let somebody know because we need each other, you know, regardless of our skin color. But I appreciate you guys both sharing, sharing those things because they're super important with you, Andrea. I think it's important that we talk about, you know, why it's so important for us to have Spanish speaking professionals what are some of the challenges that you you would say a lot of your clients experience when they don't have a spanish-speaking professional i mean can you go into that a little bit and why it's so important to have somebody like you yes so number one you have to be the advocate 
you have to be that one person who's like pushing and pushing and pushing. So to like kind of give you an example, there are a couple of banks here in Sioux Falls that I have been at it for over a year for them to even just get a Spanish application for mm. these people, you know, because how good does it do if you send them a link and you're like, okay, well, here's a link, send it out to the best of your knowledge. Right. What knowledge? I don't have any knowledge on English, you know? Mm. So a lot of, for a lot of people, it's easier to just, it's not for me. Mm. Like it's, it's just not something that's available for me, right. you know? And so when I come into this and like, I wouldn't say my role, but like one of the jackets or the helmets or whatever you want to call it that I put on is to be that for people. Like you said, I don't mind going to an appointment with you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, thanks to God, now I am filling up a little bit. So I wish I could like get another Latino that I could be like, hey, be my assistant or like, mm-hmm. you know, go with these people and these people and I'll like just pay you to like translate for me. You sure. know, I wish I like could and I hope that I will get to that point you will. soon. Oh, yeah. You will. You um, will. But for now, I am going to keep doing it like. You're right. I'm not your average agent, but I don't want to be your average agent. Right. You know, I there are days like today I'm not done with work. I have to go home, prepare some coffee and finish my day, you mm-hmm. know. But I know that there are three families that are going to have a house right. that would have it would have never been possible for. Mm-hmm. I have a client that I am working with who we are securing this and he is just like oozing gratitude. You know, and I love to work with people like that. Love, love, love. And he's doing this because he's moving his family from Mexico here, his child and his wife. And I look at him and I'm like, my kudos to you, Mm -hmm. my kudos to you. And thank you for coming to me because it is an honor. Anytime that anyone allows me to be a part of their life, a Mm -hmm. part of their family, I don't take that lightly. You know, like I... There's a lot of pressure in that and not in a sense to perform or anything, but in a sense to be that resource, you know, not just now, but lifelong. Mm-hmm. I have had people where we go back and forth and I'm calling lawyers in Mexico. I'm calling lawyers in El Salvador to get like power of attorneys. And wow. not a lot of people do that, no. you know, right. like I will, even if I'm like in the car, or like between appointments or something and they're like, Andrea, I'm filling something out and I don't know. I'm like, FaceTime me and share your screen. Right. Like, let's get it done. And there are people like my clients that shout out to Marjorie and Marvin just closed on a house. They were in it for over a year. Yeah. You know, working with a realtor that didn't speak Spanish and they did not have the best experience. And it was so hard for them. Right. And we were able to get together and throw down a unicorn of creative financing and make it happen for them. And they, they cried closing day. They cried when they're open their gifts. They cried when they received their keys and they're like, thank you because here I am completing or like accomplishing this American dream I never thought that the American dream would be for me. Wow. I'm like, how dare you say that? Why would it not be? Like, mm-hmm. why are you not deserving of it? You know? And so being able to show people that and also give them that hope of like, what makes you any less? Like, right. don't ever think that that's disgusting if someone made you feel that way. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to bring them up and to give them this sense of pride, you know, this sense right. of I own something. Like, I got something now in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Like, before you want to mess with me, Check yourself again. Right. You know, like I, we're equal. 100%. So that's awesome. That because is. it's like 
I don't care who you are, you know, we're just two humans, right. you know, like at the end of the day, don't care where you came from, don't care what your degree is right. or anything. You talk to me about your heart. Like you, you show me with your actions who you are because your words and my mom taught us that growing up, you right. know, like people who mean what they say, stand behind what they say. Right. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that she would always tell me is to be a woman of my word. So that always stuck with me. Like if I give my word, I have to follow through. Right, absolutely. I just I have to. So now I like it just comes so natural to me. Right. I'm like, I will follow through. I will follow through. I will follow through. And my people see that now. And right. they're like, You want someone to get the job done? Call Andrea. Mm-hmm, and I'm like, heck yeah, call me because we're gonna get it done. Mm-hmm. And so now, thanks. Um, what a blessing, you know, and I can do nothing but be so grateful. Like that is, I have no other word. I'm just grateful. I'm Absolutely. blessed. Um, and I never take it for granted. Like I really never do because one day you can have it all. One day you can have nothing. Yeah. So I'm so quick to like, number one, always gratitude, you know, and number yeah. two, to just give back, give it back. Thanks. Don't ever think that it's all over here. Right. And that is nice, especially for a realtor because the past I'd say two, three years, you know, just from a consumer standpoint and seeing on my end of it and with some relationships with realtors and whatnot, they have gotten really more of just on the money end of things, getting paid. How fast can I flip this client, get them into the house that they say that they want, even though it may not meet all their needs. I'm not listening to their needs or their the necessities or anything like that. But how fast can I get that check and deposit into my bank account? Um, and so to have someone that can advocate for the consumer, you know, and, and really sit down and, and listen and, and not only listen, but hear, because there is a difference between listening and hearing, you know, when you're listening, that just means you're just sitting there when you're hearing, you're taking in everything that they're saying and you're trying to move and put that into motion. So having someone that can do that, that's huge. That's really huge. And, uh, another thing is, is there's one thing that I always live by and that's one being a man of your word, being a woman of your word. But two, you have to understand that people don't care what you know until they know that you care. And that's that's something that you you have to always understand because the way that you will be able to not only be good for a short time, but be good at what you do for a long time is you have to care. You have to care about more than, there's more things in life than that dollar sign. Mm-hmm. And so for you to come on and you tell us exactly that, that you are helping and that you're caring and that you, that you're giving and whatnot. That's one thing that Zacchaeus and I stand by as well um, on that. So appreciate that. And kudos to you for that. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. And that going back to that, that was one of the reasons why I wanted to, you know, have you with a different lender. You know, when I, we talk about that, it's the same, you know, for me where of course I want to make money. I'm not shy to say I want to make a lot of money be rich so mm-hmm. right yeah. right but at the yeah. same time you do have to have a moral compass on hey am i actually going to be able to help this person mm-hmm. of course i want the dollars but if they're not going to have a good experience or if i'm not actually going to be able to help them i'm just going to waste their time and my time you know what i'm saying and i think people just get so i don't want to say greedy but they get into this scarcity mindset like there's nothing else that's going to be coming mm-hmm. but when you I feel like when you do the right thing and if it's something you can truly help somebody with, you'll help them. If you can't and you get them in contact with somebody that can help them, 
it's going to come back to you so much more. Absolutely. You know, when you talk about giving and having gratitude, every time we talk about that type of stuff, I think of the book, The Go-Giver. I don't know if you've read that book, but it's one of my favorite books. It changed. It's kind of crazy to say, but I feel like it changed my life because there's somebody in that book, The Connector. Um, and I've talked about wanting to be that person like you. I want to be that person that if somebody needs something, they look at me as a resource to get them connected to what they need because they trust that I'll get them to the right person. And, you know, for your community, that's so important. And they are so loyal to the people that help them because I feel like they don't get that help very much, right. you know, and with having somebody like you, I think if you are Spanish speaking and you're going to anybody other than her to buy a house, you're tripping because I've, I've, <laughs> I'm not even playing. I've seen what she does. Like, and I, I know firsthand and you can tell how much she cares. So mm-hmm. if you're listening and you need a Spanish speaking realtor or just any realtor, make sure you reach out to her because yes. she does a great job. She Absolutely. does a really good job. Thank Absolutely. You, we have to talk about this, then we'll get into the rest. Okay. Because I feel like it's something important to you. I say, at least I see you post about it a lot. And that's about your faith. Yeah. Right. It seems to be a very important thing for you. You know, did you always have or were you always so deep into your faith or was it experiences that you've gone through that brought you closer to God? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I I have. I have always kind of been that kind of person. I grew up in what we call a cuna cristiana, which is like a Christian cradle. Okay. So I just kind of grew up that way. But as you grow up in the church, it's kind of like... Just like a lifestyle kind of turns into a lifestyle because like you're yeah. there all the time, you know, mm-hmm. the same people and everything. And yes, there's that like relationship with your faith and everything, but it kind of gets muzzled out by you just growing up, being a yeah. kid and all the other. When things started to get hard, at first I wanted to have control because when you have control mm-hmm. in my head back in the day, I used to think like I get to protect myself from you not hurting me. I get to protect myself from like you getting a little too close or like crossing a boundary or, you know, I get to control how much it hurts. I had to let go of that control. Mm. I used to be a control freak. Then there came a point where I literally thought I was going to die. Like I thought that I was like, I was like, this is, I can't like, that's it. And I was like, all right, you know what? Not my will, it's yours. Mm. I'm just give you everything. You're going to do what needs to happen. And as I lived my life, as we came back with my spouse and everything, and that was another thing too, because like that was a big no-no in my faith. Mm-hmm. But my thing is, you don't get to put my God in this box that's convenient for you. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't get to cookie cutter him into whoever you want him to be. He is to me what I need him to be, my father, my Yeshua, like, you know, and that's my relationship with him. Right, right. As you have your relationship with your higher power and to each their own. Mm-hmm. But it is what has gotten me to this point and what will continue to get me to the next goals and places that I'm going to get in life. Yeah. And so I will always be one. Gratitude. Can't say it enough. It's the mm-hmm. key to life. But... I know a lot of people who I grew up with and everything where blessings would happen, things would happen. And so like they would get them with their hands open, but it didn't fill them any, you Mm. know? So I was like, hmm, 
interesting. You know, like I'm seeing people living the life, having the car, having the girl, having, but they look so empty. Right. You know, like I don't get it. And when I, and things were going good, you know, but like when I fully gave it to him and I'm like, we're just going to go with the flow, attack what we need to attack, and walk by faith. Yeah. Things just started taking care of themselves. And there are days where, you know, real estate, it ain't easy. No, you know, it's not. And there's days where you get home and you're like, you just want to cry because it's like there's some heavy days, you know, and you're Mm -hmm. also like weighing other people's emotions on you, you know, and like exterior factors left and right. And I was like, no, you know what? Like, I'm going to let go. I'm going to start to walk by faith. And I really started to believe that everything that needed to happen was going to happen. And so I just kept going about it that way. And as I keep doing it, I do nothing but like give thanks back, you know, to God, my higher power, because truly he has changed my life. And so like now when I like now my biggest thing is gratitude. I told you guys, but like when I have anything fall onto my lap, like this podcast. Yeah. Thank you guys. Um, Today was my first day in my new office, you know, like all of those things and they fall on my lap. I kid you not, every time that something good happens to me, I cry. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel it a thousand percent in my heart and in my soul. But when you practice that gratitude and something falls on your lap, your hands don't, like, reach far enough to, like, hold on to, like, all of that awesomeness, you know? Right. In comparison to when, like, there's people who are like, okay, right. what's next? Or, like, mm-hmm. of course it was coming my way. Like, duh. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And so, like, that way I get to practice it. And not just that. I get to, like, plant these little seeds in all my clients. And it's not like a, oh, I want you to, like, join my faith and, like, blah, blah, blah. It's like, take the seed. Do what you need with it. Take the seed. Absolutely. You know? And then they let it blossom the way that they need to. But they always come back and tell me. Your faith, girl. Your faith got us to the closing table. That's awesome. Yes. Wow. That is. You're amazing. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, before we move into our next part of our episode here, you're wearing a very awesome shirt um, from the own Overstep in Poverty. Um, there's just a question that we always we go back to just right before we go into our roundtable here. And that's what our show is about in the, the mindset of what overstepping poverty is. And of course, it is something different to every individual that's on here because they take it and they make it their own. So what we want to know is when you hear of overstepping poverty, what does it mean to you? So interestingly enough, I binged watched on your guys' episodes. Oh, okay. (laughs) Thank you. Because I was like, I knew that this question was going to come up and I know that you do it on every episode. And I was like, okay, but what is it to me? You know, and so I've been meditating and it's not even today. Today I binged, but I've been like thinking about this, meditating about this all week. Mm -hmm. And I think to me, overstepping poverty is like, okay, when you grow up, you grow up with characteristics installed, with beliefs installed, you know? Mm. And a lot of times we grow up and we're like, that's who I am. Take it or leave it, you know? Mm. Poverty mindset. You know, it's like, okay, how do you take the mindset that you grew up with and you expand on it? You Mm -hmm. get out of it, like out of it, but like build on it. Exactly. You build on it. You start to like explore other things and better yourself and like do this. And so to me, because anyone can say like, oh, overstepping poverty, like, you know, it's just getting your bag and getting out of like the hood and like, no, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's so much deeper than that. 
And so when I think about it, I'm like, no, because that's what it is. And it's not necessarily too that like you grow up with the things that are installed in you and like that's poverty. Like, no, but the poverty comes from if you have nothing to give, you're in poverty, you know, Mm -hmm. like once you're giving and you're seeing the bigger picture and you're putting into the community like that for me is overstepping poverty. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, let's move into this next part of our episode here. It's called Roundtable. This is yeah. where you can ask us questions. Um, I know you became fully prepared. So, oh, yeah. Uh, I did. I love to prepare. Let's go. Well, let's okay. fire away. Yeah. I'm excited for this. Oh, I got a good one. Okay. So, are there people that maybe tell you guys or have told other people or just kind of mentioned it that say that what you guys do, like you make it look easy? Yeah. I mean, there's actually quite a few people who have said that, which, you know, being on here, it's it's kind of like public speaking. But there's one thing that Zacchaeus and I always relay back to and we we kind of connect this to therapy. You know, you had mentioned on the podcast that everyone needs a therapist. Well, this is our therapist. This is us discussing things that have continuously been on our mind. And now other people are bringing what's on their mind that we've thought about, I feel like before, and we've talked about, but it was only expressed between us two. But now we have a much broader audience that we can talk about and educate them. And then now they can take that information, use it as their own and then educate other people. So, um, that's what makes it easy, honestly. So, yeah, we do hear that though. I don't really know. I don't really have an answer as to why though. I just feel like, I feel like we've always been good with talking with people but yeah, we hear that mostly from like our guests or typically are like, dang, that was, that was a lot easier or better. You guys made it fun or whatnot. I don't know. I think it's a, it's a service really as well. Yeah. You know, bringing you in to the studio and you bringing gifts for us is awesome. Right. So thank yes. you for that. But you know, uh, greeting our guests with, uh, with the shirt, you know, that they're able to take with them or wear on the podcast. I just think it, there's a lot of things that go into it being easy it's mm-hmm. it's it's actually not the easiest thing to get up and started and going but i feel like that's with anything once mm-hmm. you get the groundwork laid and you have a good foundation i think it makes things a lot easier to do right you know so absolutely yeah Ooh, do you like think that. it looks easy I like that well it's something or that why I do you ask a lot. okay so yeah i was like wondering if you guys do as well as professionals yeah. you know yeah. and you as a loan officer For sure. it's all about being a good person right really. seriously 100%. a lot of times okay that was okay. a good question though we haven't got that one okay are there people who don't believe in your movement or try to bring down your movement yeah i i think so i think there's not many people that actually voice it to us okay but the word gets back you know a lot mm-hmm. of times i've gotten it but at first honestly i felt like a lot of that came from family Right. A lot of it came from family, I felt like. And I think it was because they were seeing, you know, a whole new version of me. Somebody that they they have never seen before. And a lot of, like Daquan mentioned, with it being like therapy, and I've said it before, the podcast, this podcast, has been easily one of the most therapeutic things I've ever done. And it's I think it's because, like, I am able to talk about things, and we do talk about things that people don't really open up about and don't really talk about although it is something that's on their mind or you know they're worried about what their parents are going to say or how they're going to feel but I think it's important to understand that you have your own experience Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. you know, whether your parents gave you the best childhood or they gave you the worst childhood, that can be different based on what sibling you're asking because they all we live different lives. I'm the oldest in my family as well, so I took on a lot of that role of, you know, just being the oldest and taking on those responsibilities, but you get to open up. I don't know. It's it's one of those things where you get to open up and I think over time they're like, oh, okay. You yeah. know, they, they're they're fine now. But yeah, you know, I, I personally I would get, oh, what what does he know about poverty? Or what has he been through? Or what makes him qualify to talk about this? And my response is if you know so much about poverty, why aren't you helping people get out of it? Mm-hmm. You know, so everybody has something to say. They do. And this is this is an educational informational community driven podcast you know none of this is just for us for our own doing it's for our community it's to better other individuals so how can you really hate something that is only out there to help someone else or Mm -hmm. even help you you know so a lot of times where if we do get anything like that it's it's in one ear out the other for me um just because it's i know that this is not just for me so for people to really just hate hate on it or say that they don't like it, I I completely understand each to their own. You know, if this isn't for you, I don't want you guys to to listen. Just move on. Let us do what yeah. we're doing, you know, and just move on. That's it. Yeah. It's hard though. Right? Mm-hmm. It's hard when especially your your closest people are looking at you a little different like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what are you doing or why would you say those things like Cause that's how I feel. And there's a lot <laughs> to be said. Right. That's not it. <laughs> right. Exactly. But yeah, no, it's, um, I actually like it. You know, the mm-hmm. more that people, if people are talking about it, then they're watching. Yeah. You know, yeah. a lot of times Never that's how I feel a good about view. Right. <laughs> right. Like positivity brings the negativity out of people sometimes. There mm-hmm. you go. It's very true. Mm-hmm. So I know you were just talking about poverty. So yeah. Take this as you want, spin it as you want. Sure. Do you believe poverty is a choice? That goes back to like Kanye saying that slavery was a choice. I think that's what I think about. And in that sense, I do think that poverty is a choice at a certain point. Okay. So poverty isn't a choice when you're born into poverty, Mm -hmm. right? It's a choice to stay in poverty. Yeah. So I think that, yeah, I, I do think it's a choice. I think there's a ton of different factors that can go into it, but with my definition on what I think poverty stems from, it's it's the mental mindset. But, you know, going back to what I studied in college, when so I have a criminal justice degree. I also think there's a lot of factors that put people in a situation that kind of is a cycle. So it is hard to break the chains of, of poverty for a lot of people just because they don't have the education. They don't have somebody showing them that there's a different way. You know, so in a sense, I do think poverty is a is a choice. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I do. I do. Uh, up until a certain point, like I think some people don't always have the choice, but at some point they will. I can. Yeah. What I believe is, well, one, I think this is an open ended question. I really do. Just because I don't think anyone wakes up really and says, you know, what, I'm going to be in poverty today or I'm going to be out of poverty today. It doesn't just work like that. What I do know is that everyone is is given the same opportunity. It doesn't mean that it's going to be the same equal opportunity as someone else, but you have the opportunity every single day to wake up and change one thing that you did, you know, that you could do differently from the day before, mm-hmm. whether that propels you forward 
or it takes you steps back. But you have an opportunity to create your own mindset, to create your own wealth. This is the land of opportunity. There's rules, there's regulations to possibly hold you down um, on it. But again, it's just like with us building our own thing. It wasn't, it wasn't something that just happens overnight. Mm-hmm. Nothing is like that. It's like you being in, uh, a realtor. It didn't just happen overnight. You know, there is there was some trials, some tribulations that you went through to get to where you're at today. So what I do believe is that in poverty there, you have an opportunity to make the best of your situation or you can continue to be exactly where you're at and keep dwindling and be in the worst part of your, the situation. So right. I guess that's the best way I can answer that. That is such a great question. Yeah. It, it really is, is because as I think about it, though, it's like. The reason why I do think poverty is a choice for majority of people is because we've seen people come from less, mm-hmm. right? We've seen people come from situations where you're like, there's no way that they'll do anything with their lives. And there's people that are told that from family members, teachers, whoever it is, that you're never going to amount to anything. And honestly, I think that's exactly what they need to hear mm-hmm. a lot of times is that you're not going to do anything with your life. Because that's when you find out who you are. Right. Am I going to accept what they're putting on to me? Or am I going to show them in the world that, no, like, I'm built different. Right. I'm built for this. And, you know, I think we all have stories where it's like it could have gone either way Mm -hmm. for every one of us. You know, yet we chose to keep going. You know, you have your daughter and that was really something that kept you moving forward. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was obviously very important for you. But if you had not gone through that, would you be doing what you're doing now? Exactly. Which is really hard to like, I think, accept like, damn, I had to go through some of the hardest stuff to get to where I'm at now. So endure it as yeah. hard as that is. Right. Endure the pain that you have to go through, because if you keep your head on right, mm-hmm. it can lead to so much good stuff. Absolutely. And we, adversity is a necessity, guys. It is. Mm-hmm. That was a, probably one of the best that questions was. we've been asked. That was. Well, can I ask you quick? Do you think it's a choice? I kind of think the same guys that like seem think the same way that you guys kind of think. So mm-hmm. I think that like up to a point, you don't really get to determine like the situation that you are brought into sometimes. Mm-hmm. But you definitely get to make the choice of like, all right, what am I going to do with it? You know, mm-hmm. and it's like you said, almost always always like the people that make it so far are the ones that we're told like you're not going anywhere Mm -hmm. because you get like that oh i'm not it's that chip watch me they put that chip on your shoulder yep Mm -hmm. bring the dog out yeah for sure okay so my one last question okay i think i'm gonna do this one okay if you could install only one trait into every human being to make this a better place and to get us to overstep poverty Mm -hmm. What would that be? Mine would be positivity, honestly. I want people to be more positive in any given situation. Here's what can happen. If you go outside in the world or you wake up one day and you decide, you know what, I'm going to be negative today. I'm not going to be in a good mood. I can promise you you'll go out there in every single situation that you're in. You're going to find negative out, you know, outlets of it. And that's just how it's going to be. But If you think to yourself always that there's something positive to this, whether it's a lesson or whether it's just something that you have to go through that that God puts you through to get you to that next step, you have to understand that these things, I mean, and and what happens happens as well. Like that's one mindset that I have is when something bad happens, I'm like, well, I can't change it. It already happened. 
So it's time to figure out what I'm going to do forward and move on. And what am I going to take from this? You know, so I think if we can just install uh, instill a positive mindset in everyone, I really think that everyone would be able to do better for themselves and better for each other as well. That is a good one. The first word I'm going to say is not what I would instill because, but, but I do think it is one of the most important. It is to be grateful. Mm-hmm. Like you talk about, because if you're grateful, it's very, very hard to be negative. Mm-hmm. It really is. And when you actually sit down last year, I did an exercise where one of my coaches had me write down a hundred things I was grateful for. And that's hard. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll tell you right now, if you guys are listening to this, try it. Write down 100 things that you're grateful for, and you'll really start to see how good your life really is, Mm -hmm. you know? But the one word that I would instill is resilience. Love that. Because you're going to get knocked down. There's going to be days where you're not grateful or you're not positive, and that's okay. You know, it's okay to go through your cycles. Everybody goes through cycles in life, and... You know, when you are knocked down or things aren't going your way, but you're still getting up that next day and you're still doing the things you need to do and you're you're finding a way. You know, I think that's important because so many people give up, you Mm -hmm. know, so quick and, you know, kind of like you with your first test that you failed. Mm -hmm. Right. Like in that moment, you you weren't being resilient. You were just accepting it. And that's fine. But. When life has a plan for you and God has a plan for you, like it's going to it's going to keep coming back to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's up to you, that resilience to say, you know, what? I'm going to try again and I'm going to go back and I'm going to do it. There's so much power in that because you find that when you actually decide to do something more often than not, it works out. Mm-hmm. Whether it turns out the way you want it to or not, that's maybe a different discussion, but it gets you so much further when you're just able to take that next step and let what happened happen so absolutely yeah absolutely. what would you install i would i'm probably gonna say gratitude yeah. yeah so i like to think of like this little triangle so you have gratitude over here you have happiness over here and you have love at top mm. so what is something that everybody craves love mm-hmm. you know who doesn't even the most like nasty person like they just need to be loved right mm-hmm. and so I like I love research and I love to just like hear interesting facts. And when you actually like practice gratitude and everything, you actually release serotonin, which like instantly like, you know, gets you the happiness going. Yeah. Yeah. So then you think of that and you feel like that love, you know. And Mm -hmm. so like one belief that I'm like challenging right now, because, okay, think of like the scooters line, you know. When someone pays for your drink, what do you do? You're like, oh, my goodness, that was so sweet. Pay for the person behind me. Mm -hmm. But how come we're not the first person? Right. You know? Right. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. I love that. That's a great answer as well. Yeah, it is. You guys both have great answers when it comes to instilling something on people. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Yours is the best. Whatever. (laughs) 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 All right. So let's move on to the last part of our episode here. We have one last ask from you. Well, actually five uh, last ask from you. And that is five tips, tricks, and hacks that you would tell someone and, I mean, really give them as far as knowledge to overstepping poverty. Yep. Okay. So number one, tunnel vision. Just tunnel vision it until you look up and you're like, oh, my goodness, I'm here. And not like I made it, but like 
you look up and you're like, oh my God, like all of that is my hard work starting to like come together full circle, you know, Mm -hmm. that has been one of my best ones because I kid you not, I put like head to iPad and paper and phone and I chugged at it for like six months. And then I looked up and I was like, that was me, (laughs) right? you know, and that's an awesome feeling. Mm -hmm. That's that hard work. Exactly. And it pays off. It does. So I would say that that's probably one of my biggest ones. Another Oh, that's another good one. Another one that I would say is two things can coexist and still be beautiful. Mm-hmm. So like the good and the bad can coexist. The hard days and the good days. Mm-hmm. The rough transactions and the good transactions. Just like anything in general. Because we're so quick to like, or it's got to be positive or it's got to be negative, you know? Mm-hmm. Or it's got to be good or it's got to be bad. Yeah. And it's like, no. Because there's beauty in the messy. There's For beauty sure in the gray. You yeah. Know? Facts. There's, so, there's beauty in the struggle, ugliness, and the success. Yes, there go. is. And you don't get to success without it. Facts. My third one, I would say don't front. Be you and let mm. your people find you. In this career, like I said, I felt like I had to put a front. Like I had to pretend to be someone that I'm not so that people, I would appeal to people. People would want to work with me. I would cover up my tattoos. You know, I would dress a certain way because it's a little more appealing Mm -hmm. until I got to a point where I'm like, gosh, this is exhausting. (laughs) Like I would come home and I'm like, I'm literally tired of acting all day, Mm -hmm. you know? And then it came to a point where I was like, that's it. Like, that is so exhausting. It just drains you. Right. So I was like, I'm just going to start to portray Andrea Morales. People take it, leave it, whatever. That's going to be me. Mm-hmm. The choice is yours. And I would say that that was another, like, turning point in my business. Because mm-hmm. now I get to, like, for example, if I am with my daughter on Saturday running errands or shopping. And I have a client call me and they're like, I want to see this house or whatever. I'm like, okay, like, let me drive by and I'll pull up in like my ripped up jeans and like a t-shirt. Cause I'm <laughs> right. like momming it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, let's look at this house. Are we putting in an offer? Like, what are we doing? Right. Mm-hmm. And back then I would like keep a pair of clothes in my car, mm-hmm. run home and go change, you know, like wear something long sleeve to cover up the tattoos and like, oh my gosh, <laughs> life changing. Yeah. Life changing. Be you. Exactly. Yes. And that was a breath of fresh air. I bet. Mm-hmm. Uh, my fourth one, I think my last two are my favorite too. Um, help the next one in line. Yes. You know, we're never going to get to be a community where we are bettering and everything like that as we see everyone as competition. Right. You know, this is collaboration mm-hmm. through and through and everywhere you go. So I like to hone in on that. And in this industry and in life in general, there will be people who see that as a threat. There right. will be people who like take that a certain way. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I'm putting back into this earth what one day someone put into me. Right. God's going to do what he needs to do with it. I wash my hands of it. May it be what he needs it to be. Mm-hmm. Right. And I keep it moving. I like that one because there's so much that like when you are not in a it's not abundance. What's the opposite of abundance? Scarcity. Scarcity mindset. When you're in that mindset, there's so much less that flows to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I used to get like that when, you know, when we were starting this podcast or when I was getting into life insurance, I would, I would have people that ask me and try to do the same thing kind of. Mm-hmm. And I had to learn from that because 
obviously you're inspiring somebody to do something, but when you're in the same lane as, as somebody else, you can still help each other. And there's, exactly. there's enough for everybody. There is. There is so much business, even in a market like this, in Sioux Falls, for people, for all of us to be successful. Mm-hmm. And it's the people right now that are, that are busting their ass, that are working hard, that are making those calls, that are making those connections, that are going the extra mile to help other people. But a lot of times your competition will look at you a kind of a crazy way or yeah. be mad about it. And it's like, I'm just doing what yeah. I'm supposed to do and I'm being me. We can help each other. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So collaboration, you mentioned that that's huge. That's really yeah. big. And that's why we started to have guests on the show. Because it's so much power in it. Oh, it I is. love that. And I love your guys' guests. Like everybody has something different. And I kid you not, like, I take a gem from each one. And like, you know what I mean? Like you get to have like, so in therapy, we call it like a toolbox, your toolkit. Mm. And so you take all these little gems and you like toolkit them mm-hmm. so that the moment that like things are breaking down or like, you know, yeah. you bring out your toolkit. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yes. Oh, give us our last one here. You got one more. Yes. Yeah, so for my last one, stay grateful. Mm. And there's nothing better than that. And I think when you are in a place of gratitude, Number one, things flow to you. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't chase, I attract. And other than that, it just, gosh, it just, you see it from a different (laughs) viewpoint. Like I kid you not, good things happen in my life. And I feel like I am a little kid at five years old again. And like Jesus is just just making fireworks in my (laughs) life. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is so Mm. beautiful. And it allows me to always have that positivity behind it. And it allows me to, to like when the bad comes and everything, to be grateful. Right. And like in that ugliness. And so like I kid you not because I was just thinking about it today. When you practice that gratitude and everything, it's not that the bad things don't happen. Because right. they happen, you know. But when you're focused on that gratitude and everything, you just kind of forget them. Right. You know. Yeah. You don't get kinda, caught up on it as much for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You don't. Well, I love it. Well, thank you so much for those five tips, tricks, and hacks. I hope for our listeners and viewers, you guys take one of those things and go ahead and place those in your toolkit for the day that you need them. Yeah, um, We definitely do. We have quite a few in our toolkit currently there from yeah. our special guests. Um, so, yes, Andrea Morales. Oh, yes. Let's go. (laughs) We appreciate you coming on to our podcast here. Um, Again, thank you so much for, I mean, your life lessons, your wisdom, the uh, information that you give to all of us here. And for those, again, who don't know, EXP Realty, 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 correct? Perfect. So if you do need a a fantastic realtor that's going to go all out of her way to make sure that you're taken care of, that doesn't think about the money, the money first, but thinks about what you need and and how you feel and just you as a person, just being a human um, first, you do need to call her. We definitely suggest that as well as Zacchaeus for the lending side of things as well. So thank you so much. Again, this is Overstepping Poverty and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Overstepping Poverty. We hope you found this week's discussion informative and thought-provoking. We know that tackling poverty is a complex issue, but by working together and understanding the root causes, we can make progress towards creating a more equitable society. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and family, and don't forget to subscribe to our show. Until next time, let's take the next steps in Overstepping Poverty.